is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Hey guys, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with the illustrious Tyler Hurley. I'm back. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank (laughs) the Lord. Here he is. Tyler, we missed you. We had some other guys fill in that did a good job, but we're glad you're back, bro. Yeah, listen to those podcasts. They were pretty cool. Yeah, really cool, but obviously glad you're back (laughs) with us today. All right, so hey, we got a coffee tip. Awesome. For our listeners, because we always start with a coffee tip. Uh, but you were just telling me a funny story about what one of your roommates would do <laughs> yeah. in college. Can yeah. you tell us that? Yeah, sure. It's uh, So we were going to talk about um, coffee grinders a little bit today. And it just it helped me remember back when I was a freshman at GCU. And uh, one of my roommates, uh, his name's Caleb, he ended up uh, getting us a coffee grinder for a Keurig where we would put our beans inside of inside of it and then ground them up fresh and you could put it into a, a little redisposable um, Keurig filter, which it ended up being great, tasted mm-hmm. awesome. But the problem with it was that's the only type of way we had to make coffee. We didn't have um, just normal K-cups, okay. so we had to grind it every time we made coffee. That's good. That's yeah. better. Oh, yeah. of course it is. But the, the funny thing about that is uh, Caleb woke up every day at least like i think like 5 or 6 a.m oh my god and because he had class earlier than the than the rest of us and so he would get up and he wanted this coffee and so he knew that it would be loud uh-huh. and uh so the funny thing is is what he would do he'd take the grinder and he'd bring it into the bathroom with him and shut the door behind him and he'd grind it up in there <laughs> so that way it would just it would keep it masked at least a little bit and yeah. keep it kind of quieter and hopefully well, that's nice. wake us up. Yeah, that's nice of him. But yeah. <laughs> so would you say we could call Caleb a coffee closet grinder? Yeah. A closet coffee grinder, I don't know if he's going to come out yeah. of the closet and tell yeah. us that, and he's, tell us that he's, he's drinking grinding coffee. <laughs> that's funny, man. Uh, but no, it's, that's it, nice of him, though. When I was in college, was. Um, I remember my freshman dorm, I just had one roommate and we had bunk beds and he had the top bunk and we had a dresser <laughs> right next to the end of our bunk. And um, it was one of those taller ones, you know, it's probably like a five foot tall dresser. And I had all my coffee stuff right there. And so like his head is right next to this dresser with all my coffee stuff. And I had an earlier class than him and I wasn't as nice as Caleb. I would like grind the beans right next to his head. (laughs) And then I'd be like frothing milk on my espresso machine, uh, just making horrible noise. I know. Yeah. I was like, I need this coffee. So thank God that you had a nicer roommate than I was. I was I was gonna say that actually just reminded me really quick story is uh-huh. that uh, um, all, another time like, so like I said how Caleb ended up uh, he ended up waking up early mm-hmm. like he he's a real morning person but okay. uh, me and uh, um, Jesse our other roommate we we like to stay up late we like play video games out in our common area for a while and then go into bed like around eleven or twelve okay and then um. But the thing is, is since uh, we would stay up a lot later than him, sometimes we would like kind of wake him up or like make it harder for him to fall asleep because yeah. we were still up. And it was a small, like confined area. Sure. So he ended up getting earplugs. And this is the funny, funny part is that he, he wore these earplugs every night just to help him sleep sound and to like mask out any extra sounds that we made. And he ended up one night, it ended up working so well. Uh, Jesse and I were outside in our common area, we were playing video games together, of course. And then, uh, it was midnight. We were like, okay, I think it's time to go to bed. So we both got up. Jesse grabs the door handle and tries to turn it and it makes the, 
like his lock sound yeah and then so he turns to me and i think he's joking i'm like you're kidding like it's the door's not locked and he's uh-huh. like it is and i was like well i guess we're gonna have to wake up caleb so we start pounding on the door there's no answer. We're calling, <laughs> texting, everything. <laughs> no response. He's dead to the world. He's completely passed out. And oh he goodness. had his headphones in and did not open it. We were knocking until 1 a.m. and he didn't answer. So we made a bed on the couch. And this oh <laughs> Those are some good earplugs. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And then, and then, yeah, that was so, I mean, just really funny. I just thought, like, yeah. it, it's crazy. Like, those headphones, I mean, clearly they worked. That but worked for him. <laughs> Maybe he should have given you guys those for when he was grinding coffee in the He should have, He wouldn't right? have to yeah. go in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the tip, too, for today is um, if you want better coffee, you need to buy whole bean coffee and have a grinder and grind it right before you brew it. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but but coffee beans, they lose their taste and freshness after they've been roasted uh, in about a month. So you want to drink fresh coffee that's been roasted within a month. Um, If you can get it where it's been roasted within a couple of days, that's even better because the peak uh, freshness, the best taste of coffee is after a few days uh, since it's been roasted. That sounds so. Great. Sometimes though, like if you know, if you go to like a, a big grocery store, man, they've had stuff sitting on the shelf for who knows how long. Who knows how long it took to get there, and so that stuff's usually older. So a, a way you can tell is try to look for a, a a date on on the package. Sometimes they'll put a sticker or they'll print a roasted on date on the package, oh, and okay. you can know if it's been within a month, and then you'll know that it's pretty pretty good to drink. Um, another way though to, to, to get really fresh coffee that's been roasted you know just a couple days before you drink it is find a local coffee shop that roasts their own coffee and go in there and ask them when things were roasted or when they're roasting again and you can go pick it up I mean really fresh and that will give you like the best tasting cup of coffee that you can get so i know here like ground control up the street from the church here in goodyear they roast their own coffee uh union coffee over on thunderbird they roast their own coffee um so there's there's a couple places where you can go and get super fresh coffee uh, in our area but you've got to grind them yourself right yeah you need to grind them right before you drink it for the best cup of coffee now again like i i like coffee and i've drank coffee that's you know not freshly ground and all this kind of stuff mm. but if, if you want the best cup you grind it right before you brew it because in about 30 minutes ground coffee loses flavor yeah i remember that's that's what you were saying here is that yep. like 30 minutes is that perfect time gap i guess so. yep and so you want to grind it and then brew it right away because you don't want to lose flavor um i've seen a lot of people though sometimes like at starbucks or other places they'll go in they'll buy a pound of coffee and they'll have them grind the whole thing and i always think what a mistake like you have fresh you have wow, full yeah. bean coffee then you have them grind it and you're not going to drink that all within 30 minutes no, <laughs> you're going to yeah. take it home put it on the shelf and it's just losing and flavor don't they, don't they like brew it for you there if you have your their their like beans ground well there, they'll brew it for you but i mean if you buy if you buy a pound of yeah. coffee they'll grind it for you and yeah. then they'll put it back in the bag and you take it home but you you should just buy a grinder at your house and then grind each small batch as oh yeah you need or just that there instead you go. of the whole because i was gonna say even i mean if not even get a grinder at your house can't uh, what i was saying is like the, they also like if you bought the beans 
couldn't you just have them grind it there and then brew it for you, like right there, just for like? Yeah, but you don't want to brew a whole pound. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. That's well, not and grind that's, a whole pound either. Like that's what exactly, I mean. it's like, yeah. And that's what people are doing. They're grinding the whole pound. That's crazy. So, yeah, I know. It just it's like, man, you're buying really good coffee and then you're ruining it <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're grinding taste, it and letting yeah. it sit. Yeah. So the the moral of today is to have a good cup of coffee, buy whole beans that are less than a month old. And buy a grinder. I mean, grinders are pretty cheap. You can get decent ones at, at Target or Walmart or wherever. Yeah, yeah. And grind your own fresh right before you brew it, whether it's your French press or you're doing a pour over or you're doing just a regular old school brewed cup of coffee. Um, grind it fresh and then drink it. Yeah, that's So that's great. the tip for today. Buy a grinder, buy whole bean always for the best tip. All right. Well, today we are talking about something I know Tyler's excited about. Yeah. It's awesome. The Infinity War. Now, this is a spoiler alert right now. We are going to talk about the main theme of that new Avengers movie. Mostly the entire plot. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go see it. It's pretty good. It's a little depressing, actually. Um, But it has some interesting things to think about. Um, But if you don't care about seeing it, you just want to listen to us talk about it, you're free to do that, too. Or if you've seen it, hopefully we can bring uh, some... Some, uh, bring to light some some issues that we saw within the movie. Uh, mm. So Tyler, do you just want to kind of explain the main theme of what the the villain Thanos is trying to do in the Infinity War? Yeah, sure. Uh, so basically, the whole idea of it is that he's trying to gather the Infinity Stones, which that's been kind of the overlying theme throughout all the Marvel movies mm-hmm. for the past ten years. And the whole idea is that he's trying to save the universe basically from their own demise because Thanos on his own home planet Titan uh, their whole species ended up going basically extinct with the exception of himself Mm -hmm. uh, because they ran out of resources they ran out of food water like just overall resources on their planet Mm -hmm. because of overpopulation Mm. so his answer to this dilemma, he even says in the movie that he suggested it to his family and to the people who he was talking with on on his home planet. Mm-hmm. And he said that they were trying to well, – he was trying to pitch this idea to them that they would wipe out just at random, rich, poor, young, old. It didn't matter who you were, were where you were from. Mm-hmm. It would be a random, senseless uh, genocide just to help lower the population from consuming all these resources of the planet. So Okay, so he sees himself kind of as a savior. Like I'm going yeah. I'm going to do a good work by killing people in yeah. order that we don't run out of resources. Yes, exactly. And that's what he wanted to do with his home planet. So he turned mm-hmm. that though into a bigger thing cuz after he agreed with his uh his the people people on his planet he said you know what fine we won't do this and then once he saw his entire species get wiped out he said no i don't want this to ever happen to anyone again Mm -hmm. so his main goal is to take the infinity stones and to use them because when you he gathers all six of them he can just snap his fingers and then it wipes out half the universe at random using the power of the soul stone. The creatures in the universe, it wipes out half of the universe. And again, yes. we're talking aliens and yeah, every, a whole bunch everything, of yeah. But everything in the universe it wipes out half of the life. 50%. And he, and he wants yeah. to do that in order to not use all the resources so that the quality of life will be better for the people who are left. Yes, exactly. 
Okay, and and the question I had to the thing again, I don't want to overthink it, but I'm like, how does he know how many resources are in the universe? He doesn't. He never explains no. that. Yeah, he doesn't explain. Oh, I know we're running out. He just assumes that that's what's well, happening. His whole idea is that every single planet and species will end up becoming just like Titan did. That yeah. everyone will end up eventually over time overpopulating their planet. Although then that makes you wonder how many, because if it's 50% of the universe, what if there's like a planet that only has like 30 people inhabiting it? And yeah. I mean, in this Marvel Universe world. Well, I mean, if he's killing everyone at random, what if he killed every female species and there's only males left, which would inevitably kill yeah, all species. the whole species. It could, just can't yeah. procreate, right? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what right. Okay, it's just a movie, so we don't want to <laughs> overthink it, right? But um, that idea, so some people have seen Thanos as kind of like, oh man, that's a good guy. He's yeah. doing a good thing to kill half of the people in existence in order to preserve resources for the quality of life for those who are left. Well, of course, yeah, because that's the whole the whole theme of the movie. Like most people, like the directors and the mm-hmm. writers of the movie, and as well as critics, would probably agree and say that Infinity War was a Thanos movie. Like yes. he was the main character. He oh, yeah. had more screen time than any other character. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because, like, the whole idea is, like, build up, built up around this idea of, is it right, though, what he's doing? And they're trying to show that, like, his – they're trying to show it from his point of view uh-huh. to get the the audience to kind of maybe empath- empathize with him a little bit yeah. and, like, kind of see, like – where where he he's coming from, like the direction of what happened with his homeworld, and yeah. whether or not it's okay for the entire universe to kind of learn from that or not. I don't know. Yeah, it but, was interesting. But however, all of the Avengers think it's a bad idea. They do, of course. And they all fight against. No, you can't kill half of the the species in the known universe. Yeah, right? that's the whole idea. And so so they're so. fighting tooth and nail to not let him get the Infinity Stones because they valued life. Right, and so Thanos really has like the he has a utilitarianism viewpoint, right? He does. It's this idea that um, whatever is useful, right, utility, whatever is useful is good, and that should determine what's right. It's not that there's a moral right and wrong. It's whatever is the most useful for us becomes right, and whatever's useless uh, becomes. becomes wrong, right? So his idea is if my actions are more useful, if what I'm doing is is bringing happiness to a bigger portion of people, right, of, of species, then I'm doing what's great. The greatest happiness is kind of the guiding principle in that. However, it is, yeah. there's not like a majority or a minority in his view because he kills half. <laughs> so they're exactly half. Which, which is kind of an issue, but that's his idea. Like, yes, what I, this is a bad, this is a rough thing to kill half the people, but it'll ultimately bring about good to creation, right? That's, that's what he would argue, yeah. That's the way he'd argue. And so what we want to talk about is, is that true? If it brings, even if something does bring happiness to the majority, is that a good thing? And let, let's take, mm-hmm. for example, um, slavery. Yeah, the majority of people um, in America early on thought that slavery was permissible. So did that make it okay? Yeah, I mean... I would say no. No, it's not. But Yeah, but by, like, when you take it into that that mindset of Mm -hmm. your thinking of, like, if that's, that's, that's... It's just crazy to think, like, you can really apply that to anything if you're thinking of, like, uh, what the greatest 
good is if they they yeah. at the time think yeah it's gonna help us live a better life by having all these slaves mm-hmm. serve us well, against their will and the cotton industry and the sugar industry and all of the things that these that these were thriving were working that, and yeah. thriving from you could a utilitarian argument right would be no look at the greater good that's coming about from this and the majority is happy because of what's going so, on here yeah if and so if that's, that, true, that's true if that's a true worldview if utilitarianism is is the guiding principle here um, then you'd have to see like a Martin Luther uh, King Jr. as a uh, horrible person. Now, I think he was great. You'd have but to. moral reformers yeah. in this type of a system shouldn't shouldn't be changing everyone's view because it's bringing happiness to the greater. And, and this is just such a dangerous worldview because if I'm just worried about the happiness of the majority, then I, I am not concerned about the well-being of the minorities. <laughs> And you that is be, not scriptural. Yeah. That is not the Christian worldview. The Christian worldview is that all human beings have value and dignity and worth, not because they're in a majority or in a minority, but because they're human beings that God created in his image and likeness, and because of what they are, they are valuable. Not because of what they can do or can't do, their abilities, their inabilities. None of that matters. It's because of what they are, what type of being they are, and human beings are valuable to God. So Thanos is just uh, a madman trying to justify mass killing. That's actually his nickname is the Mad Titan. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we, there's a contrast though in, in Infinity War. So you have Thanos who's willing yeah. to sacrifice half of life in the universe. But you, there were a couple of interesting scenes with uh, who, we, who we'd call the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. The Avengers or the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and they were willing to sacrifice their life for the greater good. They were. So explain a little bit about Gamora and Peter Quill's interaction in, in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Gamora is actually the perfect example both ways about this for, for the argument we're trying to make here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you look at the both instances, there were two instances of Gamora facing death in this movie. Uh-huh. And the first instance was willful. She said she said to Peter Quill before, or Star Wooler, before they went and faced Thanos, she said, if Thanos catches me, I want you to kill me because mm-hmm. I don't want him to find out where the other stone is because I'm the only one who knows where it is. And yep. if he gets that information, he can wipe out the universe. So I want you to kill me if he catches me. Don't let him catch me. And she makes him promise. She, yeah, she you does. You will kill me if She he makes him promise. Me. And yep. so then, well, of course... Uh, Obviously, like, if you've seen the movie, you know what happens. He goes to, to shoot her because Thanos does end up catching her, but then Thanos uses the reality stone and turns his uh, laser shots into bubbles, basically. Yeah, so she doesn't so die. So she doesn't die, and then he takes her away. But she was willing to sacrifice herself she was. to protect half of the universe's life so that Thanos couldn't kill them. Exactly, she and was. She, so her, her idea was that my life, I'm, I'm willingly, I'm choosing to sacrifice myself for the betterment of other people. Yeah, and that was her choice. It was her choice, made. yep. And so, no one told her to do it. So she tries to do it. Peter Quill is willing to shoot her. He does, but yeah, it doesn't work because Thanos changes his laser yeah, and bullets then, into and bubbles. And then the crazy thing is, is like instantly when that happened, he takes her back. And yep. then he brings her to the, the planet where, well, he finds out where Thanos the planet is. brings her back. Yeah, yep. he, Thanos does. He t- brings her back to his uh, fortress, basically, and then... He gets her to tell her tell him where the planet is, where so they, the stones. They taken. go to this planet to find this stone that only she knew about. Yeah, and then yep. 
they come to find it, and then they it turns out that the only way to achieve it is by sacrificing someone you love. Mm-hmm. And so Thanos, in turn, being the villain that he is, the only thing that he loves is his daughter Gamora, yeah. who is there with him. So he grabs her against her will and throws her down into the pit to get the stone for himself. He, he, he sacrifices her against her will. Yeah, because she refused. She was thrashing. She doesn't want him to have the stone, number one. That's the first she thing. She also then, doesn't... But it's really interesting because mm-hmm. she was willing to die so that he couldn't get the stone, but she has to die in order for him to get the stone. Yeah. So one, she is, I want to keep it from him. I'm willing to die to save people. And then the second time, she he's trying to kill her, and he does in order to achieve the stone. So one is willful... And one is against her will. Yeah. But death is the result of either way. Yeah, no matter what, she was going to die was the thing. So yeah. Was, yeah. But that's the crazy part. So, like, when you look at this in general, like, that's the difference here. It's, mm-hmm. is it really, like, is that, because the thing is, is you come late, a little bit later in the movie, and then Peter Quill finds out that Thanos killed Gamora. Mm-hmm. And then Thanos is in tears even while he's saying it because he's he's remorsed over it. He's, like, really upset. And then uh, he says out loud, he's like, I loved her. Like, he was very upset that he had to kill his daughter to get this stone. And then Peter Quill in turn replies to that, and he says, that's not love. Hmm. That's not love. And then and then, uh, that's, I think, the perfect example of what we're trying to get at here is that when you take someone's life against their will, when they were not willingly want, wanting to do that for your own selfish motive, that's not love. And that's what he's trying to sense. do to get the stone with Gamora, with killing her. But that's also what Thanos was trying to do with the universe is I'm going to kill half the universe against their will Yeah. because I idea. think this will be better for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that just goes that's, – that, that whole idea is just completely contradictory to scripture and the value of humans. And Jesus even says in um, John fifteen thirteen, he says this to his disciples. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. Not that you sacrifice your daughter against her will for your friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you lay down your life. And so you see Gamora, she was willing to lay down her life in order to save others. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus is talking about. Um, and what Thanos did to sacrifice Gamora against her will is not love. And that's where Peter Quill, he's right. This isn't love. It's the opposite of love, the exact opposite. Yep. His morals are completely, Thanos' morals are completely skewed and messed up. Mm-hmm. And he thinks, he, he's justified in his mind that he's doing this great thing for all humanity. But in reality, he's a monster killing yeah. half of the, the species in existence. Um yeah, I just thought that was an interesting contrast because Gamora is willing to die for others. Thanos is willing for other people to die <laughs> yeah. for himself and others, right? Yeah. It is, it's a contrast. But then there was also another um, scene with Vision where, where he was willing to lay down his life to keep Thanos from getting the stone because he didn't want others to be killed, right? Yeah, that's Can right. Can you explain that scene to us? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, like that's the, that's the whole idea is um, actually – the same thing happened with Vision that happened with Gamora because uh, earlier in the movie when they're talking about it, they know that Thanos is coming for the stone on Vision's forehead. I mean, it's right there. Mm-hmm. And they think, okay, if we can't get this off, 
uh, without it killing him, then he's going to die, very likely. Because yeah. we're either going to have to destroy it, which will kill him, or Thanos will get it off him, which will also kill him. Because the stone's in his head, and they, they explain it's life. like... Yeah, and it's yeah. connected to all these sinews and nerves and all this mm-hmm. stuff in his in his body. Yeah. So to extract it would kill him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so they're trying to find a new way, but while this is happening, he comes to Scarlet Witch, who is his girlfriend in this movie, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, She's the only one who has the power to destroy it because she has that um, red magic power that yeah. she uh, creates from herself, and she's able to crush it. With and she's the only one out of all of them who have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. So Vision makes the humble sacrifice of saying, "No, if it comes down to Thanos getting the stone over my life, kill me." Because Same, I'm yeah. willing to lay down my life for, for my friends. others. Yeah. And for others, yes. Even though uh, eventually what ended up happening was they did have to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarlet Witch went ahead and Thanos was coming, so she had no other choice but to crush the stone right And Vision even tells her to do it, right? If he I'm does. Remembering, doesn't he grab her hand and kind of like he does. put it on him or something? He's like mm-hmm. he's willing for her to, to to crush the stone in order to save others. Yeah, because he knew that there was no other way. If he got yeah. that last stone, he would wipe out half the universe. Yep. So, in doing that, Th- um, Vision dies, and then Thanos comes up, and he even says, this is what's interesting, he even says to uh, Scarlet Witch, he says, I know what it's like. I lost someone I love, too. I understand the remorse, basically, mm-hmm. and then he goes ahead and, like, in that instant, in a, kind of a dark and brutal manner, he reverses time, brings Vision back to life, and which then puts the stone back together, grabs him, and then rips it straight from his head yeah. like it's nothing. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy, like, that moment. And then you see in that instance, Vision at that point didn't have a choice in it. He was dying against his will there. Yes. And that was the key. It's that... Regardless, it's not love. It's not a genuinely good thing. It's not good in any way or form to unwillfully take someone else's life. Yeah, and that's and that's what's interesting too with Thanos. So he's trying to tell Scarlet, I understand you mm-hmm. um, because I lost somebody who was important to me today. The exactly. difference is he threw <laughs> Gamora off yes, a cliff of against her will, and she destroyed the stone. Um, with Vision willingly saying, I know it'll yeah, kill me, but it you've was got in to his do will. this. Yeah. So they're not even the same. They're no, not no, even they're close to the same not thing. Not at all. So mm-hmm. him saying that is just, it's completely false. It is, It exactly. wasn't the same thing at all. And some people could see, you know, what Thanos did and compare it with God, where it's like, well, God sacrificed his son on the cross. <laughs> he did. The difference is Jesus was willing to go. He right? chose, Jesus, yeah. he says, no one takes my life unless I unless I give it he up. He had the power right? to come down from the cross. He did, he had, but he, he was willfully giving it up. Not yeah. my will, yours be done, Father. He he understood that against my wants and desires, I'm going to follow you, and I'm choosing to go along with what you have for me, mm, even yeah. though it'll kill me, like a vision or like a Gamora. But what Thanos does is completely not like what God is is like or does it's not like what jesus was like um he's destroying people's lives and masking it as this is actually helping everybody and i'm 
it might look brutal, but I'm the only the strongest person to realize it. And when I was watching it, Tyler, it was it was fascinating because I just kept thinking of abortion. Mm-hmm. And people use that kind of argument. They use they use that kind of an argument for abortion, where they'll say, "Well, if the kid's going to grow up in poverty, it might well, just be better to kill him." Actually, this is extremely applicable too, because I've heard this is one that. Uh, you don't hear that often, but I've mm-hmm. heard this argument pulled up with people before as they say, oh, well, if you had all the 60 billion kids who were aborted over the past 40 years, mm-hmm. uh, if they were in the world today, that would be like hectic because it would be all that 60 million more people living in the world. Mm-hmm. I've had people argue that with me before. Yeah, they that said would be that crazy like, and we wouldn't have enough resources. They but, said so, that. so essentially what you're saying though is, is I'd rather have people die than – uh, cut back on my food consumption. Basically, they're saying there's even Thanos. if it would come to that's that. Weird. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And again, that's just sinful people trying to justify whatever yeah. sin they want to do. But that—that's where I see this view played out. I kept thinking that the whole time. Is his Thanos's argument? It's the same that people argue for abortion. Well, what about the mom's education? Mm-hmm. Wait a second. So kill a human being so the mom can go to school? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Kill no. a human being because it might be poor. That, and, and again, these are all might peas. I know a lot of moms who have a lot of kids who went to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of moms who have a lot of kids who aren't poor. I, you know, so these arguments are they're, – they're unsubstantiated. You don't know if that's going to happen. And even if it did happen, it's not a good reason to kill other people, to kill innocent people. Yeah. And that's – so I – man, the whole time I was watching the movie, that's what I kept thinking. I was like Thanos mm-hmm. is – Abortion. <laughs> well, yeah, and then that's I, was what saying, he is. I was saying too. Even being poor and homeless, does that even guarantee that you're going to have a horrible life? No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, man. And see, that's that's what's interesting. Yeah. Is is I was talking about this the other day uh, with um, with Kelly, and sh- and we were saying how how Americans and Western culture people are just such snobs with our lifestyle mm. and and we act like oh my gosh people in third world countries that's horrendous that's horrible uh, you know what man i've been to a lot of third world countries and it's mm. not that bad now there's ba- there's bad things mm-hmm. and there's bad things about here yeah of course but but we haven't arrived at what's best for human beings no and they aren't so low on on the importance of humans squalor you know squalling and poverty and filth no they're human beings just like we are and it's different in different countries it's mm. but it's different in different in different um you know um uh, first world countries too there's differences and so i i think that people are just snobby and saying i'd rather someone didn't exist than have to live in poverty it's just arrogance. That's, it's that's, elitism, that's right? That's basically what it is. Yeah. And, and that's what Thanos was doing. He even says, and then he does it at the end of the movie, right? Um, I'll, I'll once I once I wipe out half of half of the uh, universe's species, right? Half mm-hmm. of humanity, I'll be able to sit and watch a sunset, knowing, right? Yeah, knowing I did the right thing, knowing that and he, I he does that it. at the very end. And that's, that's how the movie ends. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so depressing. He kills half of everybody. Half of the superheroes, right? All yeah. die. They all vanish. And uh, then he sits there thinking he's a humanitarian. He's some super good hero yeah. for being strong enough to kill half of those in existence. And you just go, man, what a skewed view of the world. Be- because, again, I know there's aliens mm-hmm. in the movie. But in real life, uh, human beings are so important to God. And it's not because of what you do or what you don't do or what you achieve or don't achieve. Uh, it's because of what you are. Uh, there's this passage in in Genesis six, 
and I think it's interesting. It's before God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, um, but it's when he is talking with Noah about um, uh, his covenant with Noah after the flood. And God says to Noah in Genesis 9-6, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, because in the image of God he made man. And God, he gives this reason. People shouldn't kill other people because why? They're made in God's image, right? Mm -hmm. They're made in God's image. I think it's interesting when you you get with Noah and it's, it's almost like a redo of Adam and Eve, right? And you remember what happened with Adam and Eve. Their, their first son kills their second son. He does, yeah. And God tells Abraham when it's this kind of reboot of humanity with just uh, Noah and his, his sons and, and their wives. He says, listen, you can't kill people. Why? Because they're special, <laughs> right? That's Why are they special? Because they have intrinsic value because they're created in God's image and likeness. And so even if it's so, – so, I guess it comes down to, okay, if we're running out of food, we shouldn't kill people in order that some can't run out of food, mm-hmm. right? And that's where, like, if you had a government or something, they say, okay, we're just going to randomly pick numbers, and if you get a black ball, you're going to live. If you get a red ball, you're going to die. Like, how horrible would that be? That'd be exactly. awful. Exactly. Yeah. However, different scenario, if, you know, half of, of the world said we're willing to sacrifice ourselves for our kids. Mm-hmm. We're willing to sacrifice ourselves for humanity. Right. Yeah. Again, I don't think it would have to come to this because I think we could all like I don't farm. Do you farm? No. If we did, there'd be more food. Wouldn't <laughs> yeah. So maybe we could figure out different <laughs> scenarios. Right. Um, but if it came down to that, you could have the scenario of people saying, I'm willing to sacrifice myself mm. for the good of others. And that's real love, like Jesus said. Mm-hmm. But when you have other people choosing who lives and dies, that's not love. That's a dictatorship, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's scary, um, and that's that's what we see here, and that that's where God gave, allowed Jesus. To, he had a choice in the matter, right? Mm-hmm. He, he Jesus keeps saying, um, "I came not to serve, right? Mm-hmm. I came not to be served, but to serve, right? I came to give my life as a ransom." He says these types of things. He knew what he was doing. Um, and he was willing to do it all the way until his death for the betterment of humanity so that those who believe in his name will be saved so that he could die for our sins and, and we could get this great exchange, our sins in exchange for his righteousness. And that is is ultimate love, self-sacrifice. Willing self-sacrifice is ultimate love. Uh, unwilling self-sacrifice is just murder. And Thanos <laughs> was a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Where, whereas Vision and um, Gamora were willing to show love yeah, was a willing through sacrifice. sacrifice. Yep. So it's just a huge difference. Um, very interesting film. Uh, really depressing. Like I didn't feel good coming out of there. It was, especially at the end. They played the theme song on the keys. Yeah. So, oh, man. It was so – it was sad. Yeah. And there's so many people – it just ends with like a lot of people died. Thanos yeah, won. And that was it. So if uh, you want to go out to a movie to have a good time, this is definitely not the movie to go see. Um, go see something happy. <laughs> but um, very thought-provoking. And it, I, I like how movies can bring up these types of issues. But again, we, we need to be able to talk with others about this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, what a great segue to talk about self-sacrifice and the love of Jesus Use Infinity War. Bring this stuff up with your friends. I mean, everybody's seen it, right? Go to coffee with them. Go out to lunch with them and talk about what did you think about that? Was Thanos right? Yeah. Or was he wrong? What about Gamora? What about Vision? 
just a really easy way to to um, be relevant with your culture and to use it to steer people towards Christ and the gospel. Yeah, it's a great conversation starter. Oh, man. It's perfect. It, it really is. It's a great conversation starter. So, All right, Tyler. Well, I'm glad you're back, man. Awesome. Glad it's good to seeing you. Good hanging yeah. out. Good talking about fun <laughs> things. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening today to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Uh, we'll see you next time, and we are looking forward to um, hearing some responses from you. If you have any questions for us or uh, any comments, please uh, email us. We would love to hear your thoughts on things. And uh, just get some feedback on uh, upcoming episodes and issues you'd like us to discuss, things you'd like us to answer. Uh, We we look forward to hearing from you. If you do have questions, uh, you can just email me at Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, at DSCChurch.com. Thanks for being with us today. Tyler, thank you for being with us today. Yep, thank you. It's good seeing you, and we will uh, see you guys next time. Thanks. All right. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.